And on this day of Pentecost, as we're observing, I want to preach a little bit on the Holy Ghost. Is that all right today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. It's amazing to me that in my lifetime we've seen a tremendous growth in the charismatic Pentecostal movement in our nation, around the world, with young, with old, male, female, different races. This move that was once relegated to maybe just a few that some called crazy and some called peculiar or maybe they were from the wrong side of the tracks has become the fastest growing segment of Christianity in the whole world. And today there are over 600 million Pentecostal believers who have been endued with power and they believe in the ongoing, I said ongoing, it wasn't just something that happened back in the New Testament, but I believe it is an ongoing operation that is needed, that is taking place, that is available today, right now. Come on somebody, if you believe that, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Even skeptics have been intrigued. Doubters have become believers of this outpouring. For so, just a minute, I want to lay a foundation. And I want to to ask you today, who is the Holy Ghost? I want to help somebody understand who is the Holy Ghost. You see, no doubt, there may be some in this room watching or watching or listening who do not properly understand the move of God who don't understand the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this generation. In fact, when you talk about the Holy Ghost, some feel like it's just an energy. It's just a cloud. It's just some kind of force. But I need to correct some things this morning. You see, the Holy Ghost is not just some feeling, although you feel something. It's not just a force, even though the Holy Ghost has a force. He's not just some shadow or ghost-like appearance. He's not just it's not somebody that scares people. The first thing you need to understand about the Holy Ghost is that He is a person. Somebody say, a person. He's not some feeling or energy or movement or as some have said, it's not an outpouring of what? It's an outpouring of who? Of who? And the most important thing you can remember about the Holy Ghost is He is like Jesus. God is referred to in the scriptures as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, they are not three different beings. There is One God mentioned in three different persons. And I believe today in God the Father. I believe in God the Son who is Jesus. And I believe in God the Holy Ghost. And I believe that all three are one. If I had an egg up here, you would have the shell. You would have the yolk. 
You would have the white, and it is all three different components that make up one egg. Does somebody see what I'm saying today? They're all distinct, yet they're all three in one. And the person of the Holy Ghost is no less God than Jesus, no less than the Father. So who is the Holy Ghost? The Bible says in Genesis 1, it was the Spirit of God that moved on the watery chaos of the earth. The Holy Ghost moved, the Holy Ghost spoke. And I need to tell you that the Holy Ghost is still moving today. And the Holy Ghost is still speaking today. And in any church, he's not moving. And in any church, he's not speaking. There's a problem. Because it takes the Spirit of God upon the chaos of the earth to bring kingdom order and kingdom demonstration so that which was out of order will come back to order. So don't you need, we, have, we need the Holy Ghost today. So who is the Holy Ghost? In the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, we see the Holy Ghost moving upon the prophets. We see the Holy Ghost empowering Old Testament believers. In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Ghost moving upon them in unique ways. Then over in the New Testament, we see the Holy Ghost being outpoured in the upper room. We see people being filled. We see people being empowered. We see people being emboldened. We see that happening. And I boldly declare on this day of Pentecost that the Holy Ghost is still active today. The Holy Ghost is still powerful today. He's not in some corner worried and wringing his hands. How am I gonna deal with all the craziness and the foolishness that is going on in this world? No, the Holy Ghost is still at work. The the Holy Ghost is still in charge. The Holy Ghost still has authority. The Holy Ghost still has power. I don't care who's on the throne. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who, who makes up the majority party. I don't care who's in Congress. Can any of them do anything about these problems? It seems like, but I came to tell you there is a spirit that is still alive and real and moving and God is still in control over chaos today and the Holy Ghost is God and he's still moving upon the earth. Who is the Holy Ghost today? The Bible tells us that Jesus tells the disciples at least seven times, I'm going away. I'm going away. I'm going away. And as he does, he can picture, he can see on the disciples' faces fear. They're scared. He sees frustration on their face because he just told them, I'm about to leave you. I'm about to go away and I can hear the disciples saying, wait a minute, Jesus, we want you to stay. Why did they want him to stay? Because in John chapter two, he turned water into wine. In John chapter four, he healed a nobleman's son. In John chapter five, the man at the pool of Bethesda was healed. In John chapter six, he took two fish and five loaves of bread and he multiplied it and he fed thousands. In John chapter six, he walked on the water. In John chapter nine, he healed and opened the eyes of a blind man. In John chapter 11, he raised Lazarus from the dead. So there's no doubt they wanted him to stay. 
Because everywhere he went, he made a difference and he was putting the the devil out of business. And now all of a sudden he says, I'm leaving, I've got to go. And seeing the look on their faces says to them in John chapter 14, he says, I'm getting ready to go. I'm limited by the flesh that I'm in. I can't be everywhere at the same time. I I can't raise but one dead man at a time. I can't heal one leper but at one time. I'm limited by this body. I'm limited by the flesh suit that I'm in. So I'm going to leave this earth and it's to your advantage that I'm getting ready to leave. Because when I leave, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. That is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost today is the other helper. In the Greek, we learn that it's called allos parakletos. Allos is where we get our English word alloy. It's kind of like when they, they melt down metal and they make four wheels that go on your car sitting out there in the parking lot today. How many of you have heard the term alloy wheels on your car? Some of you have alloy wheels on your car. Those alloy wheels were made from metal that was melted down and poured into these uh, casts or whatever you want to call them. And those wheels were formed and shaped from that metal. The material in each wheel on your car is the alloy. It's the same no matter which wheel is on your which wheel that you're talking about. It's consistent. It's made up of the same material. And it's the same way with the Holy Ghost. How many knows he's consistent today? Allos Paracletos, alloy. What is Paracletos? It's interpreted as comforter. But a better translation of it is helper. He's a comforter, yes, but the word Jesus uses here in the Greek, allos parakletos, means another comforter just like me. And don't miss this. Watch this. Jesus says, I'm getting ready to go to heaven because I'm limited by the flesh I'm in. So I'm going to leave, and when I leave, I'm going to send you another Allos Paracletos, another that's just like me, that's consistent with me, just like the consistency of the alloy or the metal. I'm going to send you another comforter, another helper. He's just like me. So disciples, there's no need to get upset because I'm leaving the same power of God that calls me to raise the dead body of Lazarus and the the same power of God that helped me turn that water into wine, the same power of God that helped me multiply the fish and the bread, the same power of God that caused me to open blind eyes and deaf ears and to walk on that water is gonna come and live inside of you because the helper is on the way. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. We don't need less of him today. We need more today. Somebody give your neighbor a high five and tell him, neighbor, help is on the way. Help is on the way. The paracletos is coming. The advocate, the comforter, the helper, the one that can do something about it is coming. 
Jesus was basically saying, don't feel sorry for me. He left on a cloud of glory and when he left, he tagged the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost came down and the Holy Ghost became the devil's worst nightmare. And I want to tell you today, Mount Holly Church, the Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is somebody, it's a person. The Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost is not just some force that causes people to dance and to move and fall under the power that they may dance and they may move and I've danced and I'm not a dancer and I've shook and I've moved and I've failed before under the power of God. But can I tell you, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's the effect of the Holy Ghost. It's all right to do that though. <laughs> That's the effect of his touch, of his power. And some people may look at us like we're crazy. But let me tell you something. Can I get bold again? I'm going to anyway, amen. <laughs> some of you had no problem moving in the club. Some of you had no problem backing it up in the club. Some of you had no trouble line dancing either. Some of you had no problem jumping up out of the bleachers screaming like a mad maniac to the top of your lungs when your team scored a touchdown. So don't bother pointing your finger at me when I get a little excited when the Holy Ghost moves on me and I can't contain myself. The Holy Ghost has done something for me no ball team can do, no drug can do, no fifth of liquor can do, no concert can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got somebody living on the inside of me and it's a person. He's my helper today. He's God, the Holy Ghost, in me. God says, I'm no longer limited by the confines of the flesh. Watch this. God doesn't just have to stand in Carrollton, Georgia, Bremen, Georgia, or wherever you're at, or wherever you're watching from today. But he says, my spirit is moving not only here, but my spirit is also at the same time moving over in Africa and over in Europe and, and over in Peru and up in New York and over in California and at this house and this church and at this jail cell and over at this hospital room. Come on, that's the advantage of Jesus saying, I'm going and when I go, I'm gonna send an allos paracletos, a helper. And he won't be confined to the flesh, but he can move and touch here and there. When Jesus was on the earth in the flesh, he was limited by the flesh. He could only be in one place at a time. So why would he look at his disciples and say, hey, me, the blind eye opening lame, lame men healing dead men, raising water walking Jesus, it's best if I go away. Well, Jesus, what do you mean? It's best that you go away. 
Because if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost cannot come. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gets ready to ascend on a cloud to the Father. As He does, the disciples say, What will we do without You? They ask, Is it time for the Father's kingdom to be established? And Jesus says, Don't worry about that right now. I'm going to send You somebody that's going to give You power until I come and rescue You, and You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon You. And watch this, Jesus gets on a cloud to go up to heaven. He says to his disciples, you tarry here and you pray until the Holy Ghost is poured out. How will we know we've got it with stammering tongues and an un, un, stammering lips and an unknown tongue? Isaiah 28, Old Testament prophet. The prophecy was said, I will visit my people with stammering lips and an untone, unknown tongue. 800 years, I believe, before the day of Pentecost ever happened, it was predicted. Then the prophet Joel prophesied way before the day of Pentecost and said God is going to pour out His Spirit upon sons and daughters and young men and old men and men servants and, and maid servants. As the worship team comes, listen to this. They take Jesus, stepping back a moment here, they take Jesus they crucify our Savior. He died on the cross. He rose again. And He ascends into heaven that I just mentioned. When Jesus gets to heaven, God the Father is sitting up there and you, you have to understand up to this point that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost had no permanent dwelling place. In the Bible, in the Old Testament times, he would come on Samson, for example, and he would give him strength. He would move upon people like Gideon and move upon men and women. He would move upon the prophets and empower them to do things. But he wouldn't dwell in them permanently. But then Jesus goes to the Father. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father And this is the way I kind of see it unfolding. After Jesus has rose from the dead, he's told the disciples, I'm going away and I'm going to send you another helper, another comforter. He goes, he's in the presence of his father and I picture this. Hey, father, do you know what time it is? What time have you got? It's about two minutes to the third hour outpouring. And all of a sudden, God the Father turns to the Holy Ghost. And I can see the Holy Ghost standing there. He's got his bags packed. He's ready. One bag, he's got the gifts of the Spirit. Words of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Gift of faith. Gifts of healings. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Tongues, interpretation of tongues in one bag. 
In the other bag, I can see him holding the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you picture it? And the Father and the Son turn to the Holy Ghost and ask, Holy Ghost, are you ready? Are you ready? And in my mind, I can just imagine the Holy Ghost standing there. He's got the bags, the gifts of the Spirit in one hand, the fruits of the Spirit in the other hand. I can see him standing back on forth and he's biting his lips. He's on the edge and he says, I'm ready. I cannot wait to get down there. Do you mean I'm not just gonna come on man and fight the devil and win a battle and have to lift off and come back to heaven's throne? Do you mean I'm getting to go down there and I'm about to get to fight the devil 24 hours, seven days a week. Do you mean I'm gonna get to get out from behind the curtain in this temple? Do you mean I'm about to get to attack sickness? Do you mean I'm about to get loosed out of here and I'm gonna get to attack depression? I'm about to get to attack fear. I'm about to get to attack this bondage and that. Come on, somebody. Do you, do you understand? I'm, gonna get, I'm about to get to fight that demon 24 hours a day, seven days a a week all of a sudden it hits the third hour and God turns to the Holy Ghost and he says Holy Ghost it's time go Holy Ghost go down there into that upper room into Jerusalem And understand today there are three heavens that are mentioned. The third heaven is where God dwells. The second heaven is where Satan is the prince and the power over the air, his region. And then the first heaven is when you and I can walk out of our house and we see what's in the sky, the stars, the sun and the moon. And so I see in my mind as the Holy Ghost has been sent from heaven at the third hour, he comes out of heaven like a screaming ball of fire. Streaking out of the third heaven, a ball of fire and wind and power. He comes through the third heaven. He penetrates the second heaven where Satan dwells. In other words, the Holy Ghost had to go straight through the devil's living room. <laughs> when he came down there, I can see uh, the devil and all his demons sitting around the living room table. All of a sudden, a, a rocket, a ball and fire and wind goes right through there and the devil turns to the demons and says, I don't know what it was, but something just run through our living room and it landed down there in that upper room in a city called Jerusalem. Go down there and check it out. Go down there and see what's going on. But when they got down there, it was too late. Instead of finding one Jesus with two hands and two feet, they discovered 120 of them with 240 hands and 240 feet. And the power of the Holy Ghost was flowing like a river in that place. That was the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why would we discount it? Why would we try to mark it out of the Bible when we need it so desperately today? It's real. And it's been happening since then. It happened at Azusa Street. I'm 49. 
I've seen moves of God, my God. You can't explain. All you can say is, but God, that was the Holy Ghost. I've been part of that. And how people can say, I don't need it, it's not real, blows my mind today. And I'm not ashamed of it today. Because in this hour that you and I are living in, it's going to take more than a pretty little sermon and three songs. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to break some chains, to bring revival. Oh, pastor, that's just a Pentecostal doctrine. No, 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 like the kids sung. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not a Pentecostal doctrine. It is a Bible doctrine that Pentecostals believe today. And I believe. He said it. I believe it. Does anybody still believe that the Holy Ghost is real and the Holy Ghost is needed? Does anybody believe that the Holy Ghost is welcome here in this church? I'm telling you, He's welcome. I pray every day. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Fill this room. Fill every believer. We need you. We want you. We desire you. The Holy Ghost is for you. He's for your children and your children's children. He's for the Baptist. He's for the Methodist. He's for the Episcopalian. He's for the Church of God. He's for everybody whosoever will let him come and drink of this water. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need the third hour visitation of the Holy Ghost and we need it today. Is there anybody here today would lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm hungry for it today. Hallelujah. 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 I remember as a teenager seeking the baptism. Listen, when you get saved and give your heart to the Lord, yes, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. But there is a separate, distinct work in what I'm talking about, that and the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be endued with power. The disciples were already serving the Lord. It was, and we, we see people in the Scriptures who were saved and serving the Lord. It was a distinct, separate experience. And I remember when I was a teenager at a camp meeting seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost knelt on this side of the camp meeting place. And I remember the old saints of God huddled around me. And you know what? I prayed and I, I, did, I prayed and I prayed and I, they hung in there with me till I got what I wanted. And my life has been different ever since. I remember in revival, praying for my daughter and seeing the power of God move on her and begin to hear her speak in a heavenly language I'll never forget. Or my son, it's real. It's real. There are gifts that come with the Holy Ghost that we desperately need back in operation in our lives and in the church if we're going to be effective. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you can sit there in the chair and dry up if you want to, but I found the river. 
And I hear the sound of the abundance of rain today. You can talk about the good old days if you want, but there's more coming to those who desire it and it's gonna be heavier. It's gonna be stronger. I believe it's gonna be mightier. Come on, somebody praise him. Does anybody hear it? Does anybody long for it again? Hey, come on, it's real. Don't, don't forget it. Don't forget it. It's here. Hallelujah. If you don't lunge for more, if you don't reach for more, you're going to end up dry. You'll come, come out like a worn out piece of chewed up chewing gum. Come on. Anybody ever chewed on gum so long it got dry and hard, no flavor in it? That's what happens without the Holy Ghost in our lives. <laughs> no taste, no desire, just doing it. Just going through the motions. I don't want to live like that. I've had a taste, Miss Linda. I've had a touch, and there's no turning back for me now. I'm not going to be satisfied with casual Christianity when I know there's more and God wants me to have more. Is there anybody that's ready to go with this pastor? I'm ready to go to a new level. I'm ready to achieve new things for my God. I'm ready to experience the river. I'm ready to experience miracles. Come on, we're in the last days.